to Live Prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Thursday evening. I pray you've had a wonderful day. It's good to be back together once again. If you're new to the program, you are watching Live Prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And wherever you're watching me all throughout this great land of ours tonight, from sea to shining sea, from what we know as no border up north, nor no border down south. Thank you for tuning in. Friends and other far off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I am Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So pray you had a wonderful day today. It's good to be back together after a quick 23-hour break from each other. Got a lot of very interesting things to talk to you about tonight. The big border showdown between Trump and Biden. Uh, We've got some uh, corporate media tears to kind of, I don't know, just watching fascination. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Lots of good things to talk about. Oh, and Hunter admitted Joe's the big guy. Oh, we got transcripts. Imagine that transcripts already within 24 hours. Got a lot to get to tonight. Four things, though, I ask you to do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me in the program. Thank you for doing that. Second, encourage people you know to sign up for the free Live Prayer Daily Devotional. Send it, I've written it every morning. Goes out in the email every morning since we began nearly 25 years ago. Uh, all they have to do is go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner, click on the sign-up link, a couple pieces of basic information, they'll start getting it in their email, free like everything at Live Prayer. Third, of course, is this TV program. Thank you for telling people about the program. Continue to do that. And lastly, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, please pray about supporting us. Uh, we are here literally for, well, the ministry's been going now for 30 years. Uh, we started the uh, website in August of 99, so we're coming up on the 25-year anniversary of the website. And on March 3rd, I guess that's going to be, when's that going to be? That's Sunday. So we'll, we will celebrate Monday night, the uh, 21-year anniversary of this TV program. So, But all that's only been possible. Tens of millions of lives have been transformed through life for all over the world. Um, we have a little over two, 2.1 million, I think, souls we know have come to faith in Jesus in these last 25 years. All of that has been possible because friends like you pray and friends like you have sacrificed to make it possible for us to be here for all those hurting people. If you want to help the ministry, again, up right-hand corner is a donation link. Click on it. It has our address in St. Petersburg, Florida, as well as a link to our uh, credit card portal. Praise God. 
Let's have a word of prayer. We will get started. Big night tonight. Father, thank you for this wonderful night. Thank you for this wonderful day you've blessed us with. We're grateful, Lord, as we've uh, gone throughout this day that you've blessed us in ways we probably don't even notice or take acknowledgement of, but we want to do that now and say thank you. Thank you for my friends, Lord, who have joined me tonight. I pray for them. I pray for their families. I pray for their needs to be met tonight. And now we commit this hour to you, Lord. Use it for your glory. Touch hearts and lives tonight. Help us to understand the things we need to know. And we thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let me start tonight with a little bit of good news. Um, We can always use good news, right? I remember as vividly as I'm talking to you right now, back in 2016 on that fateful November night when Donald Trump defeated Hillary Clinton, the media literally lost their mind. By the way, if you wonder why Trump has been under the nonstop assault from every angle possible for eight years, it was because of that night, okay? If he had lost, probably would have gone back to being a, you know, a TV personality and everybody would go fall back in love with him because he'd be out of politics. But he didn't lose, he won. And it was a reprieve for this country because had, after eight years of Barack Obama, had God allowed Hillary Clinton to become president, most likely she would have got two terms, that means eight years, this country would be irretrievable. But uh, last night was one of those gleeful nights as everybody in the corporate media, all the CNN people, Rachel Maddow and all the people on, uh, on MSNBC, the media was freaking out last night. All their legal uh, experts have been wrong on everything for eight years, just crying their eyes out because the Supreme Court agreed to hear Trump's uh, petition for immunity which they now understand is going to make, and I told you before they even indicted him, make it impossible for that January 6th federal trial of Jack Smith to happen before the election. And they've lost their minds. They've lost their minds. Uh, Maddow went on this rage that if Trump is elected, he'll never leave office. Where have we heard that before? Where, you know, was something that I would like to correct the people in the, uh, I was going to say media, they're, they're not media, they're in, in the propagandist class, okay? You said Trump would never leave. He would never, you know, he would never, there would be no peaceful transfer of power. Donald Trump left Washington on the 20th as prescribed, and he was actually in Mar-a-Lago a few minutes before the actual transition took place. Un, unlike the the, 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 the calls of, uh, 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 of just the insane comment. Oh, he's never going to leave. He left. And you know, guess what? If God puts him in for four years, according to the Constitution, that's it. He's done because he's already served one term. This will be a second term. And he'll leave. Hopefully he'll pass the torch to another America first candidate so we can hopefully get the country back on track and keep it on track. But Trump will be done as president after four years if God gives him that opportunity in November. Okay? But Maddow's out there just freaking out. He's never going to leave. He's going to be president for life. I mean, just 
insanity. I mean, they literally lost their minds. And then you've got, um, you, you know what it is. They backed DeSantis and he fell apart. They've got their last few chips on Haley and that's going down in flames. And they put all their hope on this lawfare, all these uh, indictments, all these various cases, criminal and civil. And let's see what's happened. He had a rogue judge in New York with the civil case on his business. That will be overturned on appeal. And he's not going to have to put up any of his property or anything like that. He's going to put up, like I said, 50, 60 million. Uh, he He will have banks around the corner waiting to give him a surety bond. And it will probably take two to three years, but that will be overturned, mark my word. Just like the E. Jean Carroll will be overturned. But again, that's money. But now you got criminal. Fanny's done. Oh, wait, I got some Fanny news for you tonight. Oh, my goodness. Wait till you hear the latest on the Fanny case. That's done, by the way. She and, and, she and her boyfriend, they're definitely going to be go- off this case. I'll be shocked if they're not disbarred. And because of the racial makeup of Fulton County, they probably won't prosecute them for perjury, although they should. Um, but that's falling apart. January 6th federal case now. That's not happening until after the election. The records case is the one that's got the most chance of starting before the election, but they haven't even begun to go through all of the various uh, challenges. It's a very complex case, and there's going to be all kinds of legal challenges on that case. That case is not going to happen before the election either. Trust me, even though they're now starting to put some hope in that. And then the last criminal case, of course, is this nonsense of Alvin Bragg's, which he um, passed on, but the DOJ basically forced him to, to charge Trump with a business records violation with the Stormy Daniels nonsense. That case is predicated on pure wet toilet paper. And even the even the Trump-hating lawyers on TV admit that case is garbage. So the lawfare's falling apart. They really saw the January 6th case, you know, where Trump incited an insurrection, even though nobody's been charged with insurrection, including Trump. Nobody's been convicted of insurrection, including Trump. That was the one they were hanging their hat on. And now, they ha- now they're coming to the realization that case is not going to happen until after the election and if Trump wins, of course, the case goes away. By the way, that is a very legitimate issue for the Supremes to take up. I'll tell you why. Because Trump's basic case is, the case he's making is, when he's performing his duties as the President of the United States, he's got immunity from prosecution. And if he doesn't, that means no president in the future can ever make any decisions without worrying about getting charged criminally when they're out of office. For example, Barack Obama violated all kinds of laws when he uh, used a drone to kill Anwar al-Awlaki, a U.S. citizen, by the way. Bad guy, deserved to die, U.S. citizen. And his son, who got caught in the, caught in the uh, whole mess, drone, droned them both to death in Yemen. I mean, all kinds of 
legal issues with that. I mean, you might want to go back to George Bush with the, the non-existent weapons of mass destruction. Him and Cheney. You know, Lizzie's daddy. I mean, I mean, you're open up. Oh, and let's not forget our buddy Barack Hussein Obama. I mean, we know now he orchestrated, approved, and quarterbacked intimately the entire illegal spying on the Trump campaign and all the subsequent investigations. So this is a legitimate issue because it's never been raised before. And the Supreme Court's going to have to lay down the law. Exactly where does the line get drawn? By the way, the the the, the hatred. Now, I, if you watch this program regularly, okay, one of the things I've been talking to you about is the attack on the Supreme Court. Because don't forget, the Democrats have the White House. They have the, they have the Senate. They might as well have the, the House. I mean, technically the Republicans have it, but they're so wimpy. The Republicans just cave on everything. And by virtue of the White House, of course, they control all of the uh, government departments, DOJ, IRL, all of them, right? They've got the district court in D.C. where any federal case, almost all federal cases end up because D.C. is the home of the, the federal government, right? They are all nothing but partisans in robes, totally... Uh, ideological uh, partisan hacks. The only thing they don't control as far as the levers of power in this country is the Supreme Court. It drives them crazy. And if they could, they would in a second pack the court. It's technically 6-3 right now. They'd put four liberal justices on in a heartbeat if they could. But that's why they're attacking Clarence Thomas. That's why they're attacking Kavanaugh and and Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett. They don't control the the Supreme Court and drives them crazy. So you will will continue to see the all-out assault on the Supreme Court in the wake of uh, what's going on right now. So let's talk about the... uh, the border, because you had Trump and Biden both at the border. Now, Biden chose to go to Brownsville, where they have an average of two or three illegals a day coming across. Trump was in the uh, that, uh, that section that uh, Abbott in Texas has control now with all the razor wire and everything. That was a section that was getting three to 4,000 a day. They're down to a couple hundred. And, of course, they had dueling narratives. They both spoke. Of course, Biden's, you know, it's Trump's fault. It's the Republicans' fault for not uh, passing that garbage Senate bill, that bipartisan Senate. It was not Technically, they're right. It was bipartisan. It was three Democrats and James Lankford, an Oklahoma Republican. And they just jammed it on Lankford. And, by the way, that bill they keep talking about from the Senate was pure garbage. What it, it still allowed for 2 million illegals a year, and it pretty much codified all of the uh, infrastructure to keep the illegal operation rolling. Plus, there were poison pills in there that, say, Trump would get elected, would have bound his hands from effectively dealing with the border. 
It was pure garbage. Now, they never want to talk about HR2, a House passed bill that's been sitting on Chuck Sumer's desk for 10 months because they don't like that bill because that bill pretty much puts back all of Trump's uh, border policies. So that they don't want to talk about that. So you had you had Biden there walking around like the frail old man he is. He if you watched, he had border he had this one woman from Border Patrol. She was like, you know, taking him by the elbow and kind of guiding him along like he was a you know, like he was a dementia riddled old man, which is what he was. So at the same time you had that going on, you had Trump, of course. He has every right to make comments about the border because he ran on that in 2016. To be blunt with you, won on that in 2016. If he wins in 2024, it's going to be this issue again. And he correctly blamed Biden because Biden, again, Biden on day one, of course, he didn't know what he was signing. He had a stack of executive orders and a bunch of those that Barack Obama had for him to sign were actually the obliteration of every Trump-era policy that had our border as tight as it has been in 50 years. So, there you go. By the way, I want to remind you again that this board, this, this, this invasion of our country is no accident, folks. It did, it's not happening by accident. It is a purposeful, multi-billion dollar operation run by global elites in this country and around the world, facilitated by 250-some NGOs, non-government organizations. Uh, Many are religious-affiliated, Catholic charities, uh, Lutheran charities. I know the Methodist Church has an organization there. And that is the engine, the heartbeat of this whole elite. Listen, it may look haphazard. It may look like all this stuff is happening organically. This is a very professional operation from the movement of these people from around the world into staging areas in Mexico to getting them into the country to what happens to them when they get in the country. And the sickest thing is I've told you several times now that should make you really want to Sorry to say this, really make you want to throw up. We're paying for it. We are paying for the invasion of our own country by, at this point, approximately 10 million people, millions who, we have no clue who they are, why they're here, what their purpose is. Although, like I've told you, we're starting to see the, the migrant crime, as Trump has coined it, which is a good phrase. And sadly, I'm afraid one day, in one of our major cities, we're going to have a 9-11 style attack and it will be perpetrated by these illegals that Biden has allowed in this country. But these NGOs, they're being paid by Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, the Department of Defense, the State Department, the UN, which of course we're funding a lot of these UN uh, organizations that then funnel the money back to these NGOs. And these NGOs, on the other side of the border, they get them to the border and in the country in very coordinated, sophisticated means. Okay, uh, they've got maps, they've got 
bus routes. They, I mean, they've got places where they can go sleep for the night, get money from the bus. I mean, this is this is more organized than anybody could ever imagine. Then once they get here, they house them and stage them in, in border towns like Tucson, in areas like Tucson, place like that. And from there, they ship them all over the country by bus and plane. In the meantime, these NGOs step in and they they house them, they feed them, they clothe them. Once they arrive at destination cities, they get their kids in school, they get them health care, they give them money. I mean, and we're paying for it. That's what you need to understand. We're paying for all of it. And these and the and and this is a, a multi billion dollar operation run by the United States government, the Mexican cartels, and this uh, cabal of approximately 250 NGOs. And it's all being orchestrated by global elites, people like Obama and other globalists here in this country and from around the world who have open borders uh, agendas. And if these are the same people that are, that are pulling this stuff over in Europe. And again, the sickest part of all of it is we are paying for the invade. We are paying for the invasion of our country and national security nightmares like this country has ever known. And we've done it ourselves. And our government is actually behind it. That's why I kept saying, yeah, "That's great." They impeach Mayorkas. But he's not going anywhere. And he really doesn't need to be impeached. He needs to be imprisoned. And by the way, listen listen to this one. The State Department, Blinken, you know, the Biden's crony, they're working with division with the agencies within the UN to reclassify illegals as economic refugees so they can actually fly them from other countries into the U.S. to bypass the border, bypass any scrutiny. I mean, they've got, they're cooking up Ways every day to get illegals into this country without any real oversight. And by the way, Biden says today they're not they're not migrants, they're not illegals, they are newcomers. <laughs> they are newcomers. How about that one? How about that one? I mean, it is disgusting. Oh, and uh, also, there is a... Uh, where, where am I looking for? What am I looking for? Oh, yeah. They are now using a United Nations global compact to run a lot of this illegal immigration through. And 
is amazing because this global compact basically states that the global migration that's being experienced, and just for the record, it's being purposely carried out by open borders globalists like Soros and others around the world. But the, but this global this this immigration global compact. Now Barack Obama got us in this originally. Trump got us out of it. Biden, of course, put us back in. And again, we fund it with millions of dollars from you and me. And their their uh, reasoning for this glo- global migration is because of guess what? Yeah, climate change. Unbelievable. 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 Um, Hunter Biden's deposition's out today. Less than 24 hours. You know when the Democrats were running the House and doing these basement depositions by Shifty Shift and that clown Goldman? You would never see the transcripts. If you did, they were heavily redacted. And, And the ones you really wanted to see, they wouldn't release. But Hunter's is out, and it's an absolute joke. He's, number one, a bald-faced liar. He admitted Joe's the big guy. And if you remember, if you remember, I told you, because of his pending federal indictments for for the gun charge and for the uh, taxes, um, I told you that I'd, I'd be shocked if his lawyer let him say a word. No lawyer worth his salt would allow a client under two federal indictments to go into a, a deposition under oath and talk about the things that he knew they were going to talk about. But then it dawned on me, because he went in, he spoke for six hours, lied through his teeth. But then it dawned on me, Hunter, Hunter's not worried. And I've told you this from way back. At the end of the day, Joe's last act as president I pray it's January 20th of 2025. He's going to have a stack of pardons for him, Jill, his stupid dogs, Hunter, his brother James, James. Everybody in the family is going to have a pardon. So Hunter's never going to see a second in jail for anything because he's going to be pardoned. So at this point, it's just big kabuki theater. It's really sick when you think about it, it really is. By the way, speaking of borders, I've, I've mentioned it a few times, but it's worth mentioning. We also have a problem with our northern border, okay? You rarely hear about it, but we've got a northern border problem too. And here's a good one. They caught three chi- illegal uh, legals from China coming from Canada into Maine. They have busted about a dozen major marijuana grow operations in Maine run by Chinese. They've also busted some grow operations in California run by Chinese. And they've also got some uh, grow operations in Georgia they busted run by Chinese. So we know at least a lot of these Chinese come to this country are being farmed out to work in these illegal marijuana grow operations around the country. Uh, NATO is starting to threaten to put troops in Ukraine again. Do you not remember when this whole thing started? The whole reason this started was 
We, of course, instigated the whole thing. When I say we, our State Department, under the number two, Victoria Newland, who's been causing havoc in that part of the world and in other foreign destinations for decades now, she and the CIA, who now we know, ever since 2014, when John Brennan was running the CIA, we've had 12 CIA uh, bases in Ukraine. Okay, we're just finding all this out. Of course, early on, we found out we had a bunch of bio labs. I'm sure Fauci was up to his eyeballs in. We don't know what kind of bio weapons they were developing there, but they couldn't be good. So we've got all that stuff going on in Ukraine. And the way we got this whole thing triggered was by threatening to make Ukraine a, a NATO ally. And Putin didn't want a NATO ally on his border. And, you know, you cannot absolve him of blame for his actions. But at the end of the day, you know, they pushed him into a war to try to overturn him, uh, to get him to pose him from office. That was the whole purpose. And over off a couple hundred thousand Ukrainians, a couple hundred thousand Russians die in the process. Oh, well, these people don't care about that. I mean, they, they play with human lives like, like it's a video game. But that, that was really the instigation. And now they're back at it. And Putin's telling fine, put some NATO troops in there, and we're going to end up in a nuclear world war. And he knows they want to get rid of him, so what's he got to lose? These people are insane. They're insane. They're insane. They really are insane. Let's go to Fanny again. Got some more good news out of it. We like good news, right? We, we, we get a lot of not good news on this program. I understand that. But you got to be real. I can't sit here and lie to you. Can't, you know, well, what's that saying? Put lipstick on a pig. I'm not one of those people. Matter of fact, even when it's... You know, people I say, do you want the good news or the bad news? Give me the bad news, okay? The good news is going to be good. Then tell me the bad news. Let me know what I'm dealing with so I can deal with it, right? Um, here's some great news out of Fulton County. Nathan Wade's attorney, who was on the stand the other day, this Bradley guy, he lied big time. We now have the full text change. Chain, text chain. It's about 32 pages long between... That attorney, that Wade's attorney Bradley, and the defense attorney Ashley Merchant, who's representing one of the uh, Trump's co-defendants, she's the one that really brought this whole thing. Well, apparently, she and Bradley had a professional relationship. There's no indications anything but professional. But they had a long text exchange about a year ago when they first found out about this stuff, and Bradley spilled his guts. Matter of fact, he sat on that stand and lied the other day. Here's another one that really should be losing his law license, and if they really wanted to be fair, he ought to be brought up on perjury charges. But Bradley spilled the guts A to Z about the affair between Fanny and, and Wade. He, he gave her details, like, I guess Wade even had a garage opener to Fanny's condo or wherever she was living. I mean, it was that, the details were that granular, okay? I mean, he laid it all out. Then, of course, he gets on the scene the other day, can't remember, not sure, maybe, not, none, I'm, I, I don't, don't recall, you know. But they did pin him down a few times, and he flat out lied. 
And it's just more, it's just another mountain of evidence that Fanny lied, Wade lied. They, there's no doubt they're going to be removed from this case. They should be disbarred. That's almost a no-brainer. And like I said, if it wasn't for the racial makeup of Fulton County, they really should be uh, prosecuted for perjury. All, both of them and that attorney, Bradley. But that case, that case is done. That case is done. I mean, they may, they may try to keep it alive. Or it, it's done. That case is so done. Oh, for my dear friends watching me tonight that might live in, let's say, rural areas, um, there is now a movement out there to educate people that white people who live in rural areas are the greatest threat to democracy, okay? Once again, you're, you're probably Trump voters, probably go to church, you love your country, you hate the media because they're a bunch of liars, you don't trust the government, why should you? You're most likely to become uh, radicalized and take up arms, you know, because rural people like their guns. So they put this all into like a blender and hit the blend button. And they've come up with this, uh, this, this, this reality in their own minds that whites who live in rural areas of this country are the greatest threat to democracy. <laughs> it's really just an extension of the, uh, of the nonsense that if you're a... Uh, you know, if you're a Trump voter, you're a threat to democracy. White Christians, especially white male Christians, greatest threat to democracy. Now, just want to let you know what the elites out there think of you. The elites in that uh, uh, New York to Washington corridor and out on the left coast. Just want to make sure you know they think highly of you. Think highly of you. Um, New York Mayor Adams, a couple days ago, he was talking about getting the sanctuary city tag taken off in New York. Guess what happened tonight? The FBI raided the home of this top eight again. Not sure exactly what the issue is. I believe it was some kind of a corruption thing. But if you remember, when he first started complaining about the illegals and that the Washington needed to do something about it, they raided that guy's home then too. I mean, this is this is what a weaponized uh, government looks like. This is what the the government of Russia and North Korea and China. This is what they look like. Even if you're on the same team, if you get off script, if you if you if you go off course a little bit, they'll come after you just like they will their opponents. You might be on the team, but if you're not. Singing the right song, you're just as uh, you're just as threatening to them as their opposition, and they will come after you just as hard. I don't want to get into it tonight, but that uh, the uh, Ukrainian who who he was an asset of the FBI, a ten-year asset, one of their most trusted confidential human sources. He he's the one that said he had heard through good sources that 
uh, Hunter and Joe both got $5 million bribes. Now, that has nothing to do with the rest of their criminal activity. This is separate. But he also apparently had some Russian connections. And even though he was an FBI source, they put him in prison. They're charging with some kind of lying to the FBI, some kind of process crime like that to take him out. That's what I'm saying. If you're part of the team, if you step out of bounds, if you say the wrong thing, they'll come after you just as hard as they will the people that they're targeting. Uh, pray about this discharge petition. Let me tell you real quick about this. You need to understand this. Mike Johnson, now I'm getting to him for a second because there's two issues with him. One issue, he's doing a good job. He has refused to put that Senate package for Ukraine, Israel, Thai, Taiwan. He's refused to put that on the floor for a vote. Because the chances are it passed. The Demo most Democrats will vote for it, and he'll get enough Republicans to vote for it to pass it. We're not giving him a dime. And by keeping it from going by keeping it off the floor, it's not going anywhere. Now there is a rule in the Senate. It's called a discharge petition. And if a uh, piece of legislation is not being put on the floor, a discharge position can force it on the floor for a vote. But you need a majority to do it. There's only been, I think, one or two successful discharge petitions in 25 years. That's because the speaker is obviously the, the, the head of the majority of the House, right? The speaker is the head of the majority in the House. The speaker is the one that refuses to put it on the floor, like Nancy when she was speaker. You never get a discharge position because she's the one that's keeping it from going on the floor. And the only way a discharge position, position a dispart, discharge petition works is you need a majority, a majority vote. Well, if the Democrats, when Nancy was in control, was in the majority, and none of them voted for the discharge position, they could, it, it, it would fail every time. Here's the problem, though. We got a bunch of weak-kneed, globalist rhino Republicans. And you've got a Pennsylvania rhino named Fitz, Fitzpatrick who's actually trying to bring a discharge position. Now, he would need five Republicans to join with him along with every Democrat. And then they could force a vote on the floor for this package, and Johnson can't do anything to stop it. Are there five Republicans who would join him to, to force this on the floor? Like I said, it's only been done twice in 25 years. It is like one of the most disgusting moves because basically what it means is the, 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 the majority party join with the minority party and basically turn on their, turned on their party and turned on their constituents. Uh, to be honest with you, do I believe there's five Republicans that joined the Democrats? Absolutely. I do. And they're going to start pushing this, I think, in the next few days. Now, here's the only saving grace. Because that package contains money for Israel, you've got the whole hate Israel faction in the Democratic Party. Tlaib, uh, the, all the squad members, right? Uh, Omar, you know, the, all those clowns, right? So you probably have 
I'd say conservatively, five Democrats that probably would not vote for the discharge petition because they're not going to vote for anything, any money going to Israel. Now, if that's true, that means you'd then need 10 Republicans to get this thing through. Are there 10? I don't believe there are, but this is something we need to be watching. This is all going to be taking place in the next few days. Now, the other problem we've got with Johnson is the, is the uh, funding of the government. Without, a, uh, without any kind of a funding mechanism, the government should shut down tomorrow night at midnight. Well, gutless Republicans joined with the Democrats to pass a one-week continuing resolution. Remember Johnson? No more continuing resolutions. No more omnibus. No more. Well, they just passed a one-week continuing resolution. And here's the point. Remember at the beginning of the program, I was talking to you about how the uh, we are funding the invasion of our country. If we shut down the if we shut down the government, guess what doesn't get funded? All the money to the United Nations, money to the State Department, to the Department of Homeland Security that is paying for all these NGOs. The NGOs are the engine to this whole immigration, this multi-billion-dollar, very well coordinated and operated illegal scam. Okay. The NGOs are the are the internet. If they want to, if they want, you, you know how you, you know how you can shut down the border without Joe Biden doing anything? Cut the money off to these NGOs. You cut off their funding, and the whole thing falls apart because without the NGOs, this thing doesn't doesn't work. And if they shut down the government, the money to the NGOs gets shut down. Point being, they could shut down the they could put a dent in this whole immigration problem without Joe Biden doing anything just by shutting down the government, which in turn shuts down the money to these NGOs. And then we got the Senate, of course. Uh, odds are John Thune's probably going to be the next leader of the Republicans. He's nothing but a McConnell protege. Of course, you've got Cornyn. I think he wants to be leader. And like I told you last night, it's about 50, it's about half and half as far as Republicans who would vote for the McConnell faction and Republicans who'd vote for um, somebody like a Rick Scott, somebody like that who isn't in the McConnell, you know, talents. Okay, because listen, Mitch McConnell's not stepping down to after the election, which means he's going to have a lot of influence over the Senate elections in November. That's not good. He should step down right now. And then he doesn't really leave office till 2026. Just because he may not be the uh, Republican leader after, the, after November, he's still going to carry a lot of power because he's still got a lot of fundraising clout. He's still got a lot of people loyal to him that are in the Senate because of him. That's how you get the power in the Senate. You get your people elected, and then they're beholden to you. So we'll watch how that unfolds, but Mitch McConnell should really be gone now. because, And, and again, we do not need Thune, we do not need Cornyn, because they're nothing but extensions of McConnell. 
Uh, Ford is stop, is, has stopped shipping their F-150 electric trucks around the country. You want to know why? Nobody wants them. <laughs> Nobody wants them. On Kamala, she had some deal yesterday with the law enforcement, and she was praising the Soros prosecutors, praising their zero bail and how that was working. I'm sitting there listening to this. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. Oh, it's working okay. It's working for the criminals. And I can almost guarantee, I can almost guarantee you Trump gets in uh, that zero bail thing. The federal government's got some ways to withhold money, some other things to do to get these cities back in line. Alex Soros, uh, he's the son of George. He's basically the heir apparent running his daddy's little globalist evil empire. Um, he said the other day in an interview, he wants to wipe every Trump supporter from the face of the earth. Okay? Just so you know what you're dealing with, okay? Like I, like I keep trying to tell you, these people are not playing games. Look what they've done to Donald Trump. No president in history in 250-year history of this country has ever faced the things Donald Trump has. And he's done nothing. And we know he's done nothing because all the charging, charges against him are pure garbage. And as, and as much as they've investigated him from probably the second he was born and every second of his life, if he'd done something, he'd be in prison now, trust me. All their investigations have come up with zero. But this is, this, this is what the other side, this is what the evil people who hate this country like Alex Soros and he didn't even hold back didn't try to you know candy coat it I want to I want to make sure every Trump supporter is wiped off the face of this earth I, I keep trying to tell you folks this is I, I've been I've been I've been telling you for years now what, what's coming down November is what they call a zero-sum game I keep using the analogy of the uh, gladiators on the sands of the Colosseum. You know, when they went out there, two gladiators went out, only one walked away. Okay, this isn't a game. This is literally a fight to the death of this nation. Um, the Democrat, oh, listen to this. I've got some emails um, waiting to get returned. But the Democrats are, without hiding it, using taxpayer money to pay students to register voters. Now they call it a, 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 a bipartisan voter registration. You know it's not, You know all they're going to do is register Democratic voters and use your money to do it. And by the way, do not be shocked how many of these illegals that are here who have no legal right to vote end up voting this November. You just just assume that's going to happen. Because let me tell you something. In most states, when you go to register to vote, number one, they got the voting registration stuff in like 900 languages. Okay, That should tell you something right away. But they're not, in most states, they're not allowed to ask you your status, your citizenship status. Are you a citizen or not? No. 
They're not allowed to ask you. When you sign it, when you go to sign, do the voter voter registration, in most states, it's against against the law to ask a person their their status. You know they're going to be signing up these illegals. I'm just telling you, there better be some people high up in the Republican Party that is already working on this stuff. And then you've got the FBI ordering a journalist who covered January 6th, but has spent the last three years unveiling the truth about January 6th. They've been threatening him for two years to indict him on some misdemeanors. Well, they finally have uh, followed through and they've ordered him to report to the FBI office in Dallas tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. Even though it's misdemeanors, they want to, and, and this guy has been out there telling the truth about what happened on January 6th, and they're trying to shut him down. This is what happens in China. This is what happens in Russia. This is what happens in North Korea, in Cuba, in Venezuela. If you are a journalist and you go out and you are uh, speaking out against the regime, they're going to take you out. Just for the record, this is what happened to Khashoggi. The guy they put through the wood chipper in uh, Turkey. He was a Saudi national. But he was pro-Muslim Brotherhood. Which is totally against the Saudi royal family. Yeah, that's what happens in those countries when you are, you know, out there putting out information into, into the populace that is against the government. When you are part of those kind of countries, that's what happens to you. And that's what, I, a couple Fridays ago, I'll never forget, I sat here, I must have said it 20 times that night. It was two Fridays ago, uh, uh, two weeks ago this Friday. We are Russia. Don't talk to me about Putin anymore, please. I don't want to hear about Putin anymore. I really don't want to hear about G anymore. Don't even want to hear about Kim Jong-un anymore. We're no different. We're no better. We're no better at all. By the way, kind of amusing, one of the ways that these uh, free speech haters have been trying to shut down conservative websites and conservative radio programs and so, is to go after their advertisers. Well, it's kind of backfired on them because what's happened is a lot of these advertisers... They're just getting out of anything to do with politics, period. In other words, they just said, hey, we don't want anything to do with these, this kind of stuff. It's too controversial. We don't want to be. So what they're doing is they're now also taking, they're also pulling ads from the liberal platforms. So, you know, these geniuses have actually, you know, screwed. They, 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 they met, they've messed themselves is what they've done. Um. You got the UK High Court that's supposed to rule in the next few weeks on Assange, whether they're going to extradite him or not. Um, oh, there was a there was a lunar landing. This wasn't a big news, but by the way, first time in 52 years, Elon Musk SpaceX took the uh, vehicle into space, and uh, a, a company in Houston owns this lander that this. Uh, it's 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 uh, 
there's no people on board. It's a, it's, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a kind of a robotic lander, but it literally is on the moon as we speak. It's the first time we put a vehicle on the moon in 52 years. I thought that was kind of, kind of good. Um, by the way, I've got some emails. What what happens if uh, what happens if they pull Joe? And you're right, and it's and it's uh, Newsom. Trump beats Newsom like a drum, like a drum. And don't even ask about comma. But they're never going to be dumb enough to put her up there anyway. That's not going to happen. Um, you had a federal judge in Orange County. Now this took some guts. Okay. The DOJ and the FBI are very upset with this federal judge because he dismissed charges for the second time in five years on a group that's supposedly a white supremacist group, and the government accused them and tried to indict indict them for inciting brawls and fights at political rallies. Okay, The judge, in dismissing the case, said, listen, this is selective prosecution. This is the same thing Antifa does. I have never seen any Antifa people brought before this court or any court for the same thing. And he dismissed the, he dismissed the charges of, uh, for, of this group for that very reason. You know, good for him. Good for him. Uh, Arizona... Speaking of illegals voting, Arizona has got some groups that are trying their desperately to stop illegals from voting this November. But you've got some judges, some very liberal judges in Arizona, state judges, that have no problem with illegals voting. That's the other problem you're going to get when you do try to haul these groups in for, for this kind of nonsense. Are there judges that are going to actually hear these cases? Um. You had a 16-year-old non-binary in Oklahoma, obviously very mentally ill, okay? He was getting harassed at school, as you can maybe imagine. And he went in the girls' bathroom. I guess there are three girls in there. He threw water on them for harassing him. And then they beat him up. And he died the next day in the hospital. And, of course, the media went crazy. He had Corrine Jean-Pierre lamenting his death. Well, the police came out the other day that his death was not from the fight. The autopsy shows he did not die from the fight. And uh, they will announce the cause of death within a week once they get the toxicology reports back. Only God knows what kind of drugs this person was on just like all of them all of them are okay um let's see i think we're gonna shut it down there okay got a good night got a lot of good stuff in tonight all right yeah it was real tough sitting there watch maddow and lawrence o'donnell and joanne reed and anderson cooper Ball their eyes out because oh, Trump, 
Trump isn't going to be convicted. See, the whole plan, the whole plan was to get him on trial, get him convicted before the election, and then be able to use that as a cudgel to try to, you know, knock down his support. That was their plan. I mean, and what's that say? It says to me that they know they can't beat him at the at at at, at the uh, at the ballot box to use these, this kind of extreme measure to try to stop him. What have I been telling you though? God told me months and months ago. I keep reminding you, it's a bill. It's all going to work out, and things are happening that you and I can't orchestrate. You and I could have never orchestrated Fanny Willis and this. Uh, clown having this affair and they're lying about. I mean, these are things you just can't orchestrate. I mean, they, they either happen or not, but then they have to be exposed to the public. And I go back to that these passages of scripture throughout the Bible. It talks about how God will expose the evil men do in the dark to the sunlight of the day. Amen. So be of good cheer tonight. God's still on his throne. God's in control. God will have the last word. All we have to do is do our part, be about his business, he'll be about our business. Amen? All right, before we get out of here, if you've never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now because the most important thing you'll ever do in this life is what are you going to do about Jesus? You're a sinner, we're all sinners. Even the even the, 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 the hard, harshest atheist will have to admit that he sins, makes mistakes, however they want to call it. And so sins separates from God. That's why Jesus is the only hope we have because it was Jesus who died on that cross so our sins could be forgiven. If you want to make that decision, pray with me now. Dear Lord, I come to you this night asking you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I ask your forgiveness because tonight I believe in my heart, confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and Jesus is my Savior. And from this moment forward, my life is yours. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. My friend, if you pray any minute, the Bible says you're saved, not because of a few words, because of your faith in God's grace. Have a book I'll send you, won't cost you anything. Drop me an email, bkellerliveprayer.com. I'll get it out to you. If you need prayer for anything, don't hesitate to email me, bkellerliveprayer.com. Love and care about you so much. Have a great night tonight, a blessed day tomorrow. If you're still in that old-fashioned Monday through Friday grind, enjoy your TTIF. Lord willing, back here to close out the week, 11 o'clock tomorrow night. God bless. What problems are you dealing with in your life right now? Do you feel like giving up? Time's up.